Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magician. So welcome to episode 74. Can you believe we are almost Three quarters of a century old. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. All right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. well, um, welcome to the Property Magicians Podcast. My name is Vangila Mahokwa. <laughs> I am your host for the show. And I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase their income, and live their best lives. And you can find me on Instagram under Vangila Makwakwa, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and on Facebook under Wealthy Money. And of course, join me and I in the Wealthy Money Facebook group. And with me is my ever so amazing and incredible co-host. Over to her. Today, I'm amazing and incredible. Thank you, Van. <laughs> I am I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. Find me on Facebook under Prop Doc Mom. I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom on Instagram and occasionally on Twitter. And I am on LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah, that's where most of the people find us. I am a property mentor and I take um, property mentors investors beginner investors from curiosity to property investors and i am a digital digital health consultant as well we are incredibly excited about this podcast that we are bringing you today so yeah. ah, wow so today we, we have lerato who is lerato bambo yeah, Lerata Bambo, and she is a digital nomad. And she, she is. is here to talk to us about how she owns three properties in three different countries. Yeah. So in the US, in um Indonesia, Bali. and in yeah, in Bali. So and also in South Africa. So yeah. she's going yeah. to talk to us about the buying process and how she's traveled all over the world and she lives in different parts of the world. As you can imagine, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Enjoyed her. But I think what what we we love the most is that she's a fellow uh, property investor uh, podcaster. She Mm. has got her own podcast called Unpack Podcast Mm. and she unpacks property investing in the language of property investing, yeah. really love that. And she speaks, and she's very clear about who her audience is. She speaks to the millennials mm. about property investing, which I think is great. You know, the younger they yes. catch you, and the better for you, the better for you. Yes. Yeah? yes. So shall we wow. do this? So, yes, but before we go on to this, let us do our usual announcement. So you guys know that we're now in the top 20 investing podcast in uh, South Africa. So definitely Mm -hmm. please find us on iTunes and go to wealthy-money.com forward slash iTunes. 
and mm-hmm. go leave us a review. If you are loving this podcast and you're loving the kind of guests that we have on and the conversations that we have, all we ask in return, right? Because uh, we really, really want more people to discover the podcast is that you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. On we, iTunes. Would cl- we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So now over to Lerato. Hmm. Hi, Lerato. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> yeah. I love the virtual world. You know, I just love online. We can connect so, so easily with people that we, we know we are focusing on the same things and we want to get somewhere. Ben, do you want to start us off? Yes, definitely. Lerato, please tell us who you are, what do you do, and what you do. So, okay, so my name is Lerato Bambo. I am a South African expat. Mm -hmm. So I've been based in Bali for the past almost two years. And then before that, I was living in Ireland. Before Ireland, I was in the U.S. Before the U.S., Mm -hmm. I was in Turkey. So I moved around a lot. And um, I've, I work in tech, so I, well, I used to work in tech. And then now I've, I'm a consultant for various companies. Okay. And okay. I have my podcast called Unpack Podcast, where I speak and teach millennials about property matters. Then okay. I also have my network. It's called the African Women Podcasters Network, where we offer tools and resources to Africans who want to start and scale their podcasts. So that's pretty much who I am. And then while I'm also doing that, I have my other aspect or like my other business where it's my properties and I also help manage rental properties for other clients in Asia. Really? Wow, Lerato. So excited to hear about that. But Lerato, what's your background? How do you end up podcasting and um, teaching other millennials what is your educational be- background not that it matters because you are here yeah. because we love we want to hear your property story so um, I studied my, I have my degree in marketing and then okay. after I completed that degree I was working in the cosmetics field for like three years then okay. after that I went on vacation to Turkey where I actually found a job while on vacation so, um, I'm, <laughs> so I'm in this group on Facebook, it's called Girls Love Travel, and there's over 1 million females in the group, and people are always, like, posting questions and, like, asking for suggestions for things to do in different countries. So when I was awesome. in Istanbul for the first time, I posted in there, like, does anybody want to meet for a coffee? And I met up with a local girl who we ended up spending the day, like, exploring the town. And she was like, oh, you speak English so well. Like at my job, they're hiring a social media manager. And I was like, oh, that's what I do at my current job. And yeah, that's pretty much how she introduced me to her work people. And I got my first job abroad and I moved to Turkey. So while living in Turkey, (laughs) yeah, while living in Turkey, um, I love the country. I still love Turkey. And I go back. I try and go back once a year. I love go. Yeah. Oh my God! You sound like you sound like my co-host Vangile. So that is so crazy. <laughs> Isn't it crazy well, that we were just speaking about Turkey today? No, today she was talking about Turkey because it is on her top list. Listen to this, Lerato. She's coming <laughs> home. 
she she needs to come home because she hasn't been home in a year plus a month or so, right? And she's got Turkey on her back seat to say, if South Africa gets too cold, I'm flying to Turkey. Like, my, how crazy my, is that? She needs to come no, home. No, not crazy. I would do that. She needs to come home. <laughs> no, no. So when I, like my last trip, so I was gone for two years. And then right. um, I stopped in Turkey. Yeah. So I stopped in Russia first for a month. And then I went to yeah. Turkey for two weeks. Then I came home after being gone for two years. But like, I understand her. Um, yeah, like right now, I'm also thinking of leaving for winter. So I, I totally get it. And I, yeah, you I sound like swallows. Do you know the swallow bed? <laughs> no, but like Turkey is such an amazing country and it's going to be summer right now. It's affordable. They have great food. And it's, they have it's great food. I agree. Place. Oh my gosh, Lirato, I'm serious. Like, I they was are, like, Miso has been food. hearing me talk about Turkey is my backup when I get to South Africa. So, I'm going to hit you up, honestly. When it gets too cold for me, I'm going to be like, tell me the best places to live. Tell me the best okay. places to be. Even on my Airbnb, I've like earmarked <laughs> five apartments already in Turkey. It's Lerato amazing. Lerato, no, I'm getting you off my go. podcast. You know, uh, I've, uh, we've uh, got uh, a podcast uh, business <laughs> Even before you started an <laughs> interview, that is such an amazing thing to say, though, about Turkey. Um, mm. I, I have two friends that, that mm. live there and they have had a great time. So, Lerato, let's talk about your property journey. How did you even start in property? Did you know that mm. you are buying an investment or were you buying for a place to live or you had just had? Lerato, okay. you need to buy a place to live. How did you buy your first property? So my first property, I bought it in the U.S. So after I lived in oh Turkey gosh. for a bit, I applied right. for a job in the U.S. And okay. then I got an internship um, for six months, which wasn't paid. So I was like, my parents had to help me pay for rent and like survive oh, for those six months. Okay. And after that, I became a permanent or like a permanent employee. And then okay. that's when I started qualifying for things. So I bought oh. my first apartment in New York and then um, I got a mortgage Yeesh. for that. Okay. And the reason I bought that apartment was because, like, I felt like I was going to live in the U.S. forever and I'm not coming back to oh, SA. So why it? not, if I qualify, buy, like, a property? So that was, like, the first big thing that I bought. So I decided, okay, okay I'm going to live in the U.S. And I okay. bought it. was very expensive compared to my house in South Africa. And it's also, like, a studio apartment. So okay. I bought that apartment and I stayed there for a while. And then I decided, okay, America is maybe not the place for me, but right now I'm renting it out. No. Okay. But initially, that apartment was for me to live in while I am working there. I see. So in your mind, it wasn't I'm buying an investment property. No. Not at all. It was definitely just to live and like be close to work and I yeah, see. just have a secure place to live. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. And you have occupancy right now and you've had occupancy over yeah. the COVID? Mm -hmm. So I have a full-time lady, she's staying there. And yeah, yeah she's been my tenant for like almost three years now. Um, awesome. No wow. I'm very happy with her. Yeah. Awesome. So, and I actually haven't been to the U.S. in like four years now. I haven't been to the U.S. in a while. Um, so she's there and if she, she has issues, she like WhatsApps me, but we don't, we barely ever have like any issues. Um, I got the apartment painted. 
not too long yeah. ago. Um, yeah, pretty much that was like a simple like um, process of like getting a tenant because there's so many people looking for places to live in New York. In and New, New York, York is very expensive. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you find like a good tenant, try and like keep them because um, it's keep very them. hard to find mm. good tenants because also New York is one of those places where people come and go. So yeah, for like a few yeah. months and then they're moving. But yeah, I have a great like lady. Um, she's been living there for a while and she has a good job and she plans on staying there for a while. So I'm oh, happy wow. um, well now turned into an investment property. So that was my first property. And then my second one is oh, in Indonesia. Hold on, Leota. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, how did you finance a property? Because our listeners are probably getting excited listening to this and they want to know, how did you finance the property? Mostly. And can you give us the, um, the background to the buying process to as a South in African buying property mm. in New York? Such a good question, yeah, so, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, that is a great question. So how I financed my U.S. property. So because I had a full time job and okay. I had a work visa for the U.S., it was easy for me to go to the bank and apply for a mortgage oh, or what is known as a cool. home loan in South Africa. So yeah. I applied and then um, they told me how much I qualify for. And then mm -hmm. I also had to pay um, a deposit to show that like um, I'm like serious about this. And like the more you pay for your deposit, the less interest rate you have to pay. So I, I saved up like quite, well, not really that much, about like 40,000. And then I okay. used that as my deposit. And then I was okay. able to get a loan from the bank. But yeah, okay. so pretty much if you have a full-time job, um, right. you are able to qualify for financing in America. So if you're okay. a South African who wants to buy, but you don't have like a work permit or um, like, uh, what is it? A full-time job in the US. A full -time. Then it might yeah. be mm, a different Tricky. scenario or like, tricky so mm. most people that i know who are south african or african i know another guy from zim he also has property mm -hmm. in the u.s and he bought like he financed it like he bought it cash because it's difficult to get a loan if you don't have um a work like a job in the u.s to show that okay i'm earning money from a u.s company and i live here and i'll be able to pay so if you can't prove that okay. then it's going to be a mm. bit difficult but it mm. is possible um if you have the cash so absolutely um, yeah. Absolutely. And would you say, is it, yeah, is it a cash flowing um, a, a, a property? Do you get, do you yeah, get some so, change after paying the mortgage and, or, and insurance? Yeah. So yeah. the thing about New York is that New York is one of the most expensive cities in the world. So yeah, everything in New York is, is kind of like overpriced. So if you're yeah. going to move to New York, one thing I always say to people, like New York is not the way you see it on TV because on TV, they glamorize it and make it seem like it's just yeah. an amazing city, <laughs> which I guess it is. But then just keep in mind that it's so expensive to live in New York. So one of the reasons I, I left New York was because it's crazy expensive. So you get paid, you pay your bills and then you're broke again. So it's like, what's the point of me just working to pay bills? And also, yeah, like the thing about like the US is I felt... The culture in the U.S. is very different from what I'm used to in SA and like Turkey. Yeah. So Turkey and SA are kind of similar where people uh -huh. are like more relaxed. They get things done, but like they kind of relax. And then in the U.S. it's all like work, 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 work. And like people just yeah. don't take a break. So for me, that it was a lot. It's great because you're earning in dollars and you're able to save and like reach your goals quicker. But like yeah. you, just, you, I was tired. There was a point where I was exhausted and I just felt like, 
even during the weekends, I'm not having a break. And in America, yeah. people like they have weekend jobs just to be able to cover like bills and stuff like that. So bills. for me, it was I was tired wow. of like the American life, and yeah. I wanted something more relaxed. So yeah. where people go to work, but then you can relax and chill with your friends or be with your family and do other things. So I was. Yeah, I needed that, so that's why I decided to leave the U.S. So, but okay. I already had a property there, and I was paying a mortgage, so I had to decide. Okay, what am I going to do now? And that's how I chose yeah. to get a tenant. Okay. Well, I think a property in New York is never a bad thing, especially if no. positive cash flow in property. Absolutely. There's always mm-hmm. people that are willing to rent in New York, and yeah, yeah I know yeah, what yeah. you mean. I spent like a good five years living in Boston. Probably longer, no. and I would take the um, I would take the Fungwa bus on weekends to New York because I wanted to go to the New Yorker in in Brooklyn and perform spoken word. So that was wild. New mm. York is expensive, but I think the East Coast in general tends to be expensive, and so is the West Coast. So your mm. best bet is always going into the South or like in the Midwest. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is such a such a good good background to give. So, Lerato, tell me, when you were buying an apartment, um, because someone who is listening to you is thinking, okay, so you're in a new country, and yes, you've got a full-time job, and yes, you qualify to buy a house. What is that emotional process? Were there any doubts? Were there any fears? What had you been scared about or been frightened of about buying um, your first property? So, to be honest, I didn't really have a lot of fears. So, for me, I just needed a place to stay while I was going to work. I see. <laughs> so, it <Yeah>. felt like <laughs> it was a good decision at the time. So, I, because rent in New York, like in it's crazy. the Greenwich Village area, it's yeah. crazy. So, you're not going to get anything for less than $3,000 a month. So, sure rent was expensive and i felt like okay so if i'm p- going to live here forever am i going to pay rent forever because the plan was when i moved to the us i was going to live there forever so oh, i was okay so am i going to pay yeah because i wasn't coming back to sa <laughs> uh yeah sa was not part of my life plan but um yeah i thought okay am i going to pay rent for the rest of my life and i'm right. young, so that's not something I want to do right now. So since I like literally have no responsibilities, like I don't have kids, um, I was lucky enough to not have student loans because my parents paid for my school. So yeah. I just I I had like I was earning a salary and I was using it to like travel and mm. travel. Mm. <laughs> I was traveling a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then I decided, okay, no, I'd rather like use some of this money and buy a place to buy live. That way, place. I know when I'm paying the money goes towards mm. the mortgage and not really like paying off somebody else's mortgage. So that was mm. how I reached that decision. But um, okay. I didn't really have a lot of fears. I think I'm just like that kind of person who just does things. Like I just yeah. go to a country and I decide, okay, I'm living here, like type of thing. So yeah. um, I didn't really have that many fears because I always figure it out as I go. And yeah, yeah that's just who I am. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's such an important thing to say because because we are at different we are different personalities, mm. we are at different stages of investment, and we are at different stages in our lives. So there is there is a different level of 
doubt and fear or different level of challenge when you are not this one when you are at a certain age yeah ben yes so lorato uh did you how did you get your next property so you got this property in new york and i guess you moved to ireland um and as you were moving you got another property how did you get your next property yeah so i decided i don't want to stay in the us anymore and yeah. the company that i worked for had an office in dublin so that's yeah. how i moved to ireland so i basically transferred to the irish um the ireland office in dublin mm-hmm. and i lived in ireland for 2 years ireland mm-hmm. is very similar to south africa the only difference is that it rains there 90% of the time the but like <laughs> the life the people <laughs> just the whole vibe of Ireland it's very similar to South Africa so it's easy to move from SA to Ireland because it's yeah it's a different country and there's like a lot of white people like literally in most cases I was the only black person in the room sure. on the bus right so but apart from that everything else is that they drive on the same side <laughs> yeah. of the road yeah everything about Ireland was the same as SA but i so the thing i didn't like about Ireland was that if so in the US if you work there for specific amount of like years um you get like um residency or like you of become a US citizen you have the option of becoming a US citizen in Ireland it's not yeah. the same so you can work there for forever and you basically don't become a citizen but they just give you residency so mm-hmm. i was thinking about okay what if one day cuz i knew like i love south africa but like i don't want to live there i don't want to be retired in south africa so okay. every time i go somewhere i'm always like do i want to stay here long term or like how are the visas like i always take that into consideration so with okay. island my only issue is that i'd wait forever get old and then i wouldn't have an irish passport so yes i have an irish work visa but in england is like a 2 hour train or bus and i still can't go to the uk because i need a visa so like having yes. an irish work wow. is like yeah there's no point because basically yeah you can stay in ireland but then you can't go anywhere else in europe and i worked with these people who were like oh we're going to france this weekend we're taking the boat and i was just like yeah i can't do that because i'm a south african and i have the south african passport so for me mm. i was like okay i like ireland and everything earning in euros was better than dollars but it was not good long term so i decided I i'm going to like retire like not retire but resign and leave that company so i resigned with no plan and i was just going to figure it out at that point i hadn't been home in 2 years okay. so um i resigned and then <laughs> i took a trip and i went to russia i spent a month in russia and then um after spending a month in russia i went to turkey i went to georgia for like two days and i didn't really like georgia so i always travel with a one way ticket in case like you never know what happens but i didn't like georgia at all and then i took a bus and i went to istanbul so yeah. i got to turkey and i spent two weeks in turkey and i loved it because I, i always enjoy turkey and then i came home after being gone for 2 years so and then when i got home i was like hi no south africa i i love the idea of south africa but the reality is always something else so i was home for 2 months and then i decided i'm going to go to bali we are laughing at you okay lerato i didn't come here to invite everybody to right so you know <laughs> Don't worry, Lerato. Misa has already got a whole schedule for me. She's taking me to restaurants. She sends me pictures. She's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get her me. to love. I'm trying to get her to love South Africa the way I do. Uh, 
South Africa, but it's just every time I'm here, like now I've been here for a year and I'm just, yeah, no, I'm ready to go. But so I was here for two months and then I decided <laughs> I'm going to Bali on a vacation. On vacation. So I, yeah. So I, I took like a carry on. I was going to Bali, but I booked the one way because I never know how long I'm going. Like I might go to Bali and then I meet somebody and they're like, oh, let's go to India or let's go away. And then I'm like, God, but because that time I didn't have a job. I was like, yeah. I just had savings. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go to Bali, um, see what this Bali place is about because I always see it on Instagram and people talking about it. So I went to Bali. So I flew from Joburg to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And then in Hong Kong, I was chilling at the lounge and I, there was a guy who was there and I was speaking to him and he was telling, he's an engineer and he was telling yeah. me about like his job and like all these cool places he built and he was showing me some stuff on his iPad. So we had a conversation and he was telling me in Bali, he owns a few properties, which he's renting out. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's very cool. So when I'm in yeah. Bali, can I come by and see? And he's like, yeah, if there's nobody staying, you're more than welcome to come and I'll give you a tour. So that's how I met this guy. Cool. Okay. We get on a flight from Hong Kong. We go to Bali. I get to Bali. I don't know anybody in Bali. Um, on Facebook, I'm always on Facebook, navigating in these like expat groups. So I'm like trying to meet people and figure out what can I do in Bali? Where can I go? Like things locals do because I didn't want to really do touristy things all the time. Of course. So I was yeah. in Bali for like three weeks and then I got a job. You <laughs> so got a job again. Guy, yeah, the guy um, I met at the lounge, he has a company where they build like houses for very rich people in Asia. So in oh, Bali, in Singapore, I in see. Thailand. And then he was like, he spoke and you told me you work in marketing and you used to work for this big tech um, tech firm. So I wanted to ask if you can help me like with my website. And I was like, what do you need like the website to do? And he's like, well, we don't even have one. And I was like, okay, cool. If you pay me, I don't want like a full-time job. I told him like, I'll do it as yeah. a freelancer. As a and project. Mm. Like for these hours. And we agreed. So I built like four websites for his properties. And then okay. the work just started increasing from websites to like managing their social media to like doing their whole marketing plan then i started actually hiring people to join the marketing team oh my gosh they offered me a work visa yeah for this company and because bali um visa free for south africans so we can go there for 30 days and then if you want to stay for 60 days you pay i forgot how much it is then you get a um like a 60 month 60 day visa so okay. I was there on like my 30-day permit and then this guy offered me a job and I was like, so what do I have to do? Fly back to SA? And he's like, no, it's fine. The legal team will handle it. So because Bali is one of like the islands in Indonesia. The Indonesia, yes. Jakarta is like basically the main city and the mm-hmm. lawyers are all in Jakarta and like all the big, because Jakarta is like, it's an actual big city, which I didn't even know. Because when you yeah. think about Indonesia, most people think about Bali. And Bali is just one yeah. of the islands. There are so many. One little islands. one. So, yeah, it's like a very little island. And yeah, so when I was there, I got like an opportunity to go to Lombok, to go to Gili, and explore all these amazing islands um, on the Indonesian, like the Republic of Indonesia. So that's basically how I ended up in Bali. So while I was there, I was meeting all these people. Who, so firstly, I went there and I didn't know anybody. And then now I'm meeting like all these people who are like engineers and these one like their own coffee shops and they're all like so I'm asking okay guys how do we get into this like how do you get land and then they explain how to get land um, so there are like 
three options of like oh three ways you can get land as a foreigner so you can either okay um, leave from a local from a local can, mm. uh, so that's the cheapest and what most people do so yeah. they find local and then they pay them and then they use their land for whatever they use it for some oh, people open like shops spas yeah. or whatnot and then the second option is you buy the land which is very it's expensive so only like big companies or people with a lot of money are able to do that mm. and then the third option is that you partner with an indonesian and then the government yes. gives you like a taxes so that's like yeah. another company but like it's still kind of expensive so that's how i decided okay since i'm gonna be in bali well bali for me it was like never long term so it was more like I'm there um, and I'm working for this company and I might as well also like use what I'm learning at, from this company to like invest in my own business or what. Because my business. boss actually, like you have a lot of like things that you're interested in and you have a lot of talents. Like you're doing our website, you're doing this, you're doing that. You need to like pick one thing and I would advise you to not focus on things where you always have to be on your laptop to make money. So okay. he was like, you need to like, a niche basically because you're doing too many things and if you specialize in one you'll make more money that's what you said to me can i just stop you there for five seconds and say if any money magic student is listening to this write this down because i don't know how many times how How many times in a different (laughs) way i I know right you guys are hearing lirato now yeah I know. Keep going, Lerato. <laughs> Thank you for this. <laughs> so, yeah, so I decided I'm going to take like all these skills and all these new contacts that I've made in Bali and I'm yeah. going to try and do what like they are doing. But obviously, they have like more money and more resources, but I'll try and do my best. So, I still, because, because I resigned, I had my 401k and I decided, mm-hmm. okay, so I have all this just money. Just before you carry on, just explain to mm-hmm. people what a 401k is. I was talking about it on my live yesterday with Papa. What's so a 401k? A 401k I, was actually explaining, <laughs> I was explaining this to the finance minister. I had him on my podcast and he was asking me what's right. And I was like, explaining yeah. like in an essay term. But your 401k is basically your retirement. Um, your pension. So when you work for your pension, when you work for a company, you contribute towards your pension every month. Mm-hmm. And then if you um, resign in the before, US, like, you sorry, let's just let in the US, yeah, in the yeah. US. So it's called your 401k. So if you resign, you have the option of taking your 401k or leaving it and then doing other things. But I decided since I was done with America, I'm taking my 401k. I'm still young. I can get a job in SA and get another pension. Of course. Yeah. So I took my 401k and then I invested it towards this business. So that's how I got my land in Indonesia. So um, and then I also partnered with um like could to make it cheaper it's easier if you have an indonesian person so i knew this girl yes. indonesia. well she's half indonesian half american but okay. she has an indonesian passport so okay. i partnered with her um to be my partner because she's also into like property and whatnot so that's oh, how that's i nice. got that right. and then now we had the land but we had no money <laughs> to build to build so that was another <laughs> yeah that was another problem um Let- let yeah, me so, ask a question about that land because mm-hmm. this is very important for, 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 for some of the mentees when they are listening. So you've got this piece of land and 
do you still ha do you pay rates and levies on the piece of land even when it's uh, it's undeveloped or what's going on with it yeah you do so they have different taxes especially for foreigners so yes. i think the thing about indonesia that i really kind of like is that they are trying to protect their land because the they thing do. is especially with bali because they it's do. such a tourist destination all these yeah. rich corporate american people are coming in they buying up all this land and then they destroy like the rice fields and the everything that makes bali bali basically yeah. so they are trying their best to protect um the land so they make it very difficult especially for foreigners to buy if you have like a balinese person on your team or they actually have to be like a, a owner of the company you have to give them a percentage for things to keep going of so course. um you, you do pay taxes there are different taxes you pay to the government there are taxes you pay to the local chief so you have to bring in an offering like every month to say to get their blessing basically to run your business in their town So um yeah you do pay taxes if it's just land even if um you are leasing from somebody else you're still going to pay the taxes to the chief because the chief can say okay that place it's not like one of our places then the locals will stop going because they don't, you don't have the blessing from wow. the chief wow right very important so you need to be paying right. taxes to the government and also giving your offering to, to the, the chief. chief to the chief yeah okay so, so that was your so second property what do you mean What do you mean by offering Lirato? Because so it's called like an offering but it's basically a tax. So because mm. you pay taxes to the government so you can run your business in Indonesia and then you give right. an offering to the chief as your way of saying thank you for letting me run my business in your town. Okay. And it comes so in monetary terms. Yeah. It comes They in monetary terms. It's not yeah. rice or plants mm. or anything. <laughs> No. livestock I okay. don't know I, you know yeah. <laughs> um so mm-hmm. what did you guys do with the land then so you said that was another story yeah, please take us through that story so after getting the land obviously you need to build because the purpose of this land was to turn it into a tourist like make money so i had no plan And then um I spoke to the people that I work with because they always have these ideas they build these amazing houses like tree houses houses like floating on like he's work he's like one of the best archi- I don't want to plug him in <laughs> but he's one of the best architects in the world so awesome. um so yeah I spoke to them and I was like okay what now and then I'm going to need a design basically and obviously they're very expensive yeah expensive and he's yeah. like I'll help for a cut of the like the business so he wanted a percentage to help okay. us with the design and getting everything built and brought into like the country because infrastructure there it's hard so you need to be buying from other countries like singapore and oh, yeah. in. so if you have somebody who oh, yeah. has a network mm-hmm. and they know mm-hmm. who to call and what to do it's so much easier so that's mm. pretty much how we set it up and then um at the moment they are we built 53 units And then okay. we started renting it out on Airbnb. We put it up on Airbnb. Okay. And okay. I was like, posting on my Instagram, guys, please book. And that's pretty much how we marketed the business. So I was doing that with my partner. Um, she was helping as well. And okay. people just started booking. And then I was emailing newspapers in the country. I was emailing like international medias and bloggers to try and get them to promote us. And that's pretty much how we grew. Um, 
people started booking because they saw it on somebody else's Instagram and that's awesome. And yeah, so there was a point where we were fully booked until October 2020. So we yeah. opened in um, 2019 September, and then right. um, I was running. I was running the whole place, and then we were fully booked basically from Jan until October 2020. Until October. <gasps> So, oh, wow. amazing. so yeah so i was in bali and then i decided okay because i hadn't been home in a while and my mom was like asking when i'm coming i decided okay i'm just gonna go to sa quick and i'll be back so <laughs> before SA, i was like ah let me stop in thailand because i know people in bangkok so i stopped in bangkok for a few days and i was in singapore and then eventually i came to sa and then like the oh, day the i arrived the next day the president was like locked down and it was a mess everything went kind of yeah. downhill from there because Indonesia yeah. also closed their borders. Yeah. And most of the, like the businesses in Bali, they rely on tourists because Bali- On tourism, to yeah. yeah. Because I'm so just I thinking, Bali, okay. when I thought of Bali, um, I think people who think they are going to, on their best yoga retreats, they go to Bali mm. and, Bali, and that's, yeah. that's, that's how it, but then in the mm. oil and gas industry, people that I worked with, when they made their money, instead of taking it back into their own countries, they would take it to Bali. And apparently, Bali. it was, I think it's, a, it's some sort of a haven for, for some Europeans because they can take yeah, some money back it. home. Yeah, and then they can they can invest there. That's so interesting. So, so a lot of like Europeans um, and Australians, um, they actually yeah, Australians. Yeah, Australians. Yeah, because um, it's sure. so close. So Australians come there for the weekend. To of just course. get away and then go back home. <laughs> so for us, it's far because it's like you're gonna travel for like 14 hours. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so a lot of so when COVID hit, a lot of businesses were impacted in Indonesia because most of them rely on tourists, like all these bikini stores, restaurants, of everything course. like yoga retreats, everything kind of like closed. Sure. And um, it went bad because it actually all happened so quickly, and a lot of people were like not prepared for this. We were like not prepared. Yeah. But the government basically said you have to keep paying your employees or we close you down. Oh my gosh. So Whoa. we didn't have like in a lot of companies were like, sorry, we can't pay you. That's it. Like yeah. but in Jeez. Indonesia, the government was like, we have to keep paying like your employees. So we oh, just kept going. So we were like having specials, we decreased because our place is like about hundred dollars a night. So we decreased yeah. it even further to like, because, so the thing about Indonesia is that like, um, what is it? The monthly salary is very low. So it's about very like 3,000 rand. That's like oh. the minimum wage of Indonesia. Sure, that's low. So not a lot of people can afford to go like stay in a place that's a hundred dollars a night. So we were targeting the tourists and then now the tourists were gone. And then we realized, okay, we need to get locals to travel and stay at our places. So we had to decrease our prices like crazy. But yeah, we survived. Right now, people are still staying. Um, there was a point where people like are traveling from other islands and other parts of Indonesia to come to, because right. domestic travel is open, but like um, international borders are closed. So yeah, we're yes. just targeting people. And we, we've survived. We're kind of like surviving. And I'm hoping soon, hopefully very soon, everybody will be vaccinated and we will be able to travel and get yeah. involved of these international people. But right now, um, nobody has said anything about like the dates or what's going to happen. So we're kind of like at a standstill, yeah. but 
That's basically Actually, other countries are extending their lockdowns. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we are yeah Italy this morning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Third wave, third wave in Italy. So, yeah. Yeah, in some Emirates European has countries. stopped flying to South Africa. Um, yeah. They've extended it to 27th of March. Um, yeah, I have to, there's only one flight as I speak. 11th of mm. April is the only flight from Sri Lanka to South Africa. So to South Africa. Coveted flight. Yeah, like things are really different yeah. these days. It life is, is different. Life Let's is different just, in the travel world. It is. It's changed. So, Lirato, in all this buying and whatever, so just in, 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 in Indonesia, in Bali, let's talk about financing of developing these three apartments. How does that happen? What what kind of finance structures do they use? Is it bank finance? Do you use your so own in, money? What 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 sort mm-hmm. of um, plans are there for for financing properties in in Bali? So when you're financing property in Bali, there are like no financing options, especially for foreigners. I don't actually I know see. about like locals, but. For foreigners, it's either like you're doing it yourself or you can't do it. Yeah, because you can't even get like, um, so with a bank account, an Indonesian bank account, you need residency to be able to get a bank account. So um, depending on the type of, so there's different types of visas and different types of things that come with the type of visa that you have. So if you want to work in Indonesia or you want to live there permanently, then you have to pay taxes and then you have to get a visa called, it's called the Kitas. So with the Kitas, you are able to hire an apartment and you are able to get a bank account. So if you don't have a visas, which is basically a uh, work or a living permit, then you can't do anything. Living that. Permit. So most people yeah. can't hire an apartment without no. the kitas. No, no. no. I see. So you can oh. it this explains it. Gosh. Yeah. I just never understood the is intense, that- hey? Yeah, it is intense. So I never understood the guys we worked with in oil and gas. You know, they would they would tell you that, no, it's better for me to get a, a, a residence permit in Bali. And when you ask them, they, I'm sure they would explain it, but I didn't get what they were talking about. And then they would have these long-term rentals deliberately because they knew they would be in and out. But when they have mm-hmm. their kitas, then they are able to rent out a house for an extended time, and then other people they sublet basically so yeah, something yeah. like that. Because ah, so like what most so most of the people that I was friends with as well, so they all like expats, and they work remotely for other companies, but yeah. they live in Bali because the cost yeah. of living is cheap. So most of them, if they're either on like a social B two one one visa, so a B two one one visa allows you to stay in Bali for six months. But then the issue with that visa is that the people who are on that visa are not paying tax. So if you're on the B211 visa, you can stay for six months, but you're not allowed to earn money. And then you also can't rent an apartment. But so most people are either like subletting from other people or like renting on Airbnb. I think that's how some of these Australians like live in Bali. But um, yeah, so that's one of the main issues about like living in Bali. And yeah, most foreigners that I met were either like on the B211 or they were working for like a Balinese company, which is kind of I rare. See. Like not a lot of people do that. But yeah. I see. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. 
Because it's wow, so man. fascinating. It is fascinating. When I was out there, I guess I didn't think about how people are staying there long term because I was renting yeah. on Airbnb. I just did a long term oh, Airbnb rental. Yeah. But, but wow. Mm, and also, yeah. I just knew after like a few weeks, I was like, that you Bali didn't like it. Yeah. Mm. Everyone knows because I just went all over social media and I was like, this is not my place. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. So, so Lerato, um, in in all this craziness of your buying in foreign land, have you got a house in South Africa? Come on now. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought my house in October. So okay, so I came home. October twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> the same October so, twenty twenty, where 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 everyone was saying everybody has been wiped out. Okay, tell us about this. So basically, um, I came home. My mom was on my case. So she was saying, you haven't been home in forever because I left home to go on vacation in Bali. And I never came back. (laughs) And my mom was like, okay, when are you coming to visit? And then I decided, okay, because I didn't come home for Christmas. And I decided, okay, I'll come home in the first quarter of 2020. So I actually Mm. came home and then then the president was like, locked down. Yeah, so I was at my parents' house this whole time thinking, yo, I could be in Bali, like riding my scooter, like eating fried rice. Yeah, I was at home and I was pretty like, okay, and happy at home. And then my, I was like, okay, things in Bali are kind of slow because there's like no tourists. In the US, I'm definitely not going back to like to live in America permanently, but I still have the apartment there. And I needed to make a plan basically like what am I going to do? I need, my mom was like, so you're going to get a job? And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want to earn in rent. Um, mm. But I wanted to have like a place at home because I thought, okay, so what if I have a place in South Africa? Then South Africa yeah. is kind of like my base where I keep my stuff. But then yeah. I still travel and mm. I'm like spending two months in Bali and wherever. But when I come home, I know that I have a home here. So I yes. got a house here in South Africa. I bought it. I started like the home buying process in like May and then mm. everything took forever because of COVID and like the COVID, municipality yeah. and yeah, it took forever, but I actually moved in on the 1st of October. So this is where I am like right now at my house. So um, it's four bedrooms, three bathrooms and in Pretoria. So okay. I'm very happy with this purchase. And I feel like even if I don't live here, I could always sell it or like rent it out because with SA, yeah. there are like so many options. Um, I could Airbnb it, I could like lease it to a family because it's in an area where like there's schools, there's malls, it's in a quiet estate. So I feel like this is a great investment because I live here right now and I'm very happy. And I could see somebody else like moving in with their family as well. And yeah, Yeah. but now I do have a home in SA. Okay. Well done, Dura. How many bedrooms is it? Four bedrooms, you said. Four Four bedrooms. bedrooms. Yes. That oh my gosh, it's quite a family. big home. It is a huge home. Yeah. And for one person. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. that's awesome. And and by this time, of course, there are no doubts. You know what property does. So you are great about mm. that. Um what was I gonna ask Lerato again? How did you find the buying process in South Africa? Um, was it difficult? Did you have support? Were you were you concerned about any any of the stuff? How, what how does it compare to when you bought in the US or in Bali? 
So firstly, like when I compare the US and South Africa, the US was less stressful for me because so firstly in the US, because I had a job that helped a lot. And then when I, so my, when I like wanted to buy an essay because I don't have a job and then I've never like done anything in essay, like you don't have a credit record. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. building it now. So basically I went to the bank and I told them I want to buy a house. And then they said you don't qualify for anything. And the guy was like, you need to go open a clothing account. And I was like, Yes. Okay. No. And I went to the clothing account. Then they're like, you need a pay slip. And I'm like, I don't have a pay slip. Um <laughs> and I was like, but I have a car. Like that thing proved that I have a car, it's paid off and I'm paying insurance every month. They're like, Mm-mm, you can cancel the insurance. So basically, as a, I don't qualify for huh. anything. Like, I yeah, no, you don't. Buy at my house. Yeah, so I had to get like my sister to get me internet at my house because I don't qualify. And I'm always like, but guys, I have like these properties and they're like, no, nah. sorry, you don't qualify. So that's the nah. situation with SA. So I found like in America, because I was working in the US for less than a year and I already qualified for things. Yeah. So here, maybe it's because I don't have a job, but now I like registered a company in South Africa. So hopefully that will help. But I'm no, trying to build my credit record. You need a credit card. You just like, need a credit card that's open for over six months as well. That's your one. best. They won't give me one. They said, so I asked like, what's the best way to build credit? And the lady was like a credit card. I'm like, okay, give me one with like 500. And she was like, no, because literally you've never had any debt. So we need to see that you can pay off something before we even give you this 500 rand credit card. And I was like, but I have a house, I have a car, like I've paid for them full. And she was like, no. Nah. So right now, basically the best, the, she told me to go open a phone contract, which I still haven't done. Cause I don't, I don't want to pay. Oh, for that's what before. I did. Go do that. Go do that's that. That's the easiest easy. one. I like, pay, now pay, I just pay your mom's one or something. She must Put it under the number. business, uh, put it, uh, take it out as a business yeah. expense but put it under your That's name. It. That's what I had yeah. to do, even though I'm not in That's South Africa and I never use my airtime or anything, but at least I get a phone yeah. that I like. But if you knew us okay. before, yeah. Lerato, you see, we would have introduced you to one of one one of the conveyances that we know. Yes. And he's got he's got he's got a, a, a facility for people with no credit record. And not because you don't have a credit ah. record because you are blacklisted. You don't have mm. a credit record because you don't live here, but you can still own property and buy property. And he helps you navigate mm. that so easy, nothing, no stress. He does that for, for, for lots of uh, people yeah. who come in from the diaspora. So awesome, though. Awesome. Now you have and your utilities account is going to build your credit score as well. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to also ask Lerato, um, so how did you get the uh, house in the end? Because you didn't yeah. have, you had all these challenges. I I bought it. <laughs> so I used up my savings to get it. To get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so you had to go uh, cash. Yeah. Yeah. I had, that was my only option because I went to three different banks and they all said no. And then I was like, can't I put up like my US property as like, um, you know? Sorry to like. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they were like, no. Um, so yeah, sure. so I had to buy like cash. Um, and then now I was like, okay, so I'm fixed. Well, I'm not really fixed. I'm doing like a few renovations. So I was removing 
So upstairs, the bedrooms all had carpets, which I didn't like. So I've like made a few changes. I have like wooden floors. And then downstairs, I changed the tiles because I didn't like the color. Um, So right now, I've just been like, it's busy. Like I have my own garden (laughs) outside, which I'm always like, I was telling you earlier I was gardening, but I'm very happy. And I don't think I'd sell this house because I I really love it. And I'm just very happy. Right, okay, awesome. then it's then it's gonna be a great investment because you've already um, yes. increased the value by the putting value, in wooden yes. floors. You've retiled. Yeah. You've added a garden. All these things help increase the value, and yeah, it, it will be easy to rent out, and to you'll make out. that money back because mm-hmm. you'll be getting the rental income as you travel. Just out yeah. of interest, does your pay slip uh, from, aren't you still employed in Bali? Oh, you don't, uh, yeah. with consultants? No. So would, could yeah, you I'm not consultant. use that pay, uh, you can't use that pay slip in South Africa? No. So basically for the company in Bali that I work for, um, I'm a consultant. So they gave me a work visa, but then I'm not employed by them like full time. So I'm just, yes. I do have an agreed oh. amount of hours, which I work. And then they send me projects and then I send them an invoice basically. So I'm oh, basically self-employed. You're yeah. invoicing, so in you're Africa, not paid. Yeah. Um, in South Africa, what they said to me at the bank was, you need a South African payslip. Um, mm. If you don't have a South African payslip, then we can't help you. That's what they said to me, and I was like, "Ah, okay, it's fine." No, also, but I think Lerato, it's very what, true. That 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 <laughs> is a learned. problem of no, but that is also a problem of administrators at the at the mortgage section, right? It is not necessarily true in that sense because when you have got a balance sheet, you've got your assets and liabilities and you've got a balance sheet that you can prove, you can prove income. Most of people who are foreign, that's what they produce. And then there is a way of validating that. But, you know, when you're sitting, when you call someone at the mortgage desk, they, they seem to read one script and they only know one script, three, three um, pay slips, blah, 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 blah. But that's not how it is when you walk into the bank because there are lots of high value people that walk into the country and can own properties. And I know that because yeah. I'm a real estate agent. So they, they, there are lots of people who buy big farms, big, big, huge properties in Camps Bay and they don't have to go through that pain in that yeah. way. Yeah, and they so, go yeah. through the South African banking system. They go through the yeah. same. The Ooh, same Mizo, you know, I struggled system. with the South African banking system yeah. in the very same way that Lirato has. So, yeah, yeah, I don't so know I what th- it is. I think no, maybe I think, you have to be a particular hue in South Africa to no, get I think a particular so. type no, of I th- service. I don't know about <laughs> a hue, but I think I, I think the the call center people. They just know and read one script. But if you walk into a private banker's office, they lead you to a certain person who takes care of you. It's not true that people don't buy. Why do you think so many Zimbabwean ministers are able to walk in here and buy? You understand? There are lots of Probably because they're buying cash. They're not not taking out a mortgage. Rich people don't buy cash. Rich people know yeah, how to how don't. to play. This My friend thing. told me that. So I have this German rich friend, and he owns a hotel. Yeah. And he was telling me that 
buying cash because I told him I bought my asset property cash and he's like what why did you do that because no bank would give me a loan and he's like no that was a bad decision because he's German and he has property in France he has in Switzerland he has in Dubai and now he also has one in Cape Town and he's like no you shouldn't have done that you should have called me and I should have given you rich people don't buy cash people they don't (laughs) other people's money now I know that yeah. for sure, I can tell you now, mm. I know that for sure they're walking from Zambia, they're walking from Europe, they're walking to our country and they buy properties they and buy. they buy. I know, things. but like you have seen my struggles. Yeah. You know, no, they, yeah, so they, I relate with Lirato because yeah. I know what it is like to try and deal with the banking mm. system mm. in South Africa because mm. I have tried and that's why now with my accountant i'm like give me a payslip every single month from my company because yeah. it's like payslip yeah, is I the only thing that. that is understood in south yeah. africa I, I'm yeah. kinda, I don't know like <laughs> you know it's yeah. really a challenge it's yeah. like wow yeah. this is intense yeah um yeah. now finally that blue one of the banks the blue banks mm. <laughs> has finally relented and given me a banker but i'm still annoyed i'm still yeah. they've kept my annoyance like i still don't appreciate that effort <laughs> so um all right so Lirato, you have given us a perspective on your acquisition of, 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 of property. What do you still think you want to do? You've even done Airbnb, so you've got all sorts of strategies that you've used. Do you still want to stay in property investing? Are you still excited about it, even though you've had so many difficulties? Yeah, so I would definitely... I will, my plan is, so my plan is 30 properties before, I mean, five properties before 30. And yeah. then, um, yeah. so two years, two more to go. And okay. then, um, nice. Nice. I want to buy all my other properties abroad, like not in SA, because, so the thing I, so I love South Africa, like, let's be honest, but like, it's very expensive here. And then it's also hard for me to get like, loans basically so if i buy in the us or i also noticed like a lot of americans are buying in like um other places like mexico and they're turning it into like um yeah. Airbnb. so i i was looking at that strategy and i think i'll also like go that way because i'll be able to get funding in the us so okay. for me right now yeah. my plan is to buy more property but then i don't want to buy cash because that's apparently a very bad decision so i want to mm. like i'm learning yeah. as i go yeah, it locks yeah. up your capital so 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 much that you 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 almost feel like oh I don't have money to buy the next one and mm. yet value is sitting in that house. So I think with the yeah. registered company you will be able to maneuver better with that and yeah. and you know go and listen to our but you just get so fra in South Africa, yeah. Mizo. It's just yeah. You yeah. saw it, how and I that's was. Why, like I was and that's why, just... that's why then for me it's important to have a tribe because when you know little, you only know what you know and you think you can't, yeah. right? And yet you can. And there are all sorts. I mean, Maya explains the rent to buy. That's exactly mm. how he helps foreign people and people with no credit. There is there are all sorts of ways of cutting yeah. this thing. You need to deeper the system, and the banking system is not the only way. There are nine other yeah. strategies. 
or financing. And when you are a South African, you absolutely have to have an advantage to buy in your own home country. Yeah. Why make it difficult, mm. you know? And that's why these other nine modalities of financing are so important. And that's why we do this podcast, right? Yeah. So that you get to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Lerato, tell us about Unpack Podcast. So, okay, Unpack is a property and finance podcast. So the reason I started Unpack was because so right. I was in SA and then mm -hmm. I was buying my first South African property and I didn't mm -hmm. know anything about buying a property in South Africa. So I was right. actually with my friend, we were sitting in the car and I was telling her, like, it's so hard to find valuable or, like, information that you know is correct because there's so many websites and then people are telling you this people are telling you that you so didn't I know us. Find a no i do I, I found you guys like after because i was researching oh, property shame, man. Oh, shame, so, but I, just wanted, <laughs> I wanted a resource where i could understand things about property in a basic way because I in know. school they don't really and no, like I had this um, episode where I explained a home loan and then I realized a lot of people don't even know like what what that means. So um, wow. my podcast, the main purpose was to explain financial and property matters to millennials because they, they really don't know. And so we I interview I different people in different industries where I they know. come and they things in the most basic way as possible so people can understand so the first season i was focusing on different careers in the property industry then the awesome. second season was um like an introduction into like property so interest rates uh how to choose a bank for your home loan and things like that right. so right. now we're moving yeah. on to season three and then we'll be okay. focusing more on like the saving aspect so yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited about this season because I have like some interesting people. I had Vangila on, and nice. I also had like the finance minister. Also, the South African finance minister was on my podcast. So, oh, yeah, nice. People are always saying to me, like, I didn't know about this. Like, it's very basic things that people don't know about. So I, I I'm know. trying to. Like, them as I go because I'm also learning like now I moved into a community scheme and I didn't know anything about community schemes so I've had like the community schemes mm -hmm. on boot come on my podcast I've had a body um what is the body corporate um company come on and explain how body corporates work and stuff like that things you should know if you're living in a community yes. scheme. so yeah it's just like those kind of yes. topics um, that I'm trying to explain to other people and then every now and then I interview somebody who's buying property abroad so like an African yeah. on and they tell other Africans that it's possible so I had a guy who yes. he's starting a chain of African boutique hotels and he opened his first one in Georgia now he's going to Morocco so he was I was asking okay like how much does it cost to open a hotel and a was, hotel like, guys like, right sharing yes. more about like how it's hard to open a chain of boutique hotels in Africa because of the legislation. So mm. hence most companies have never done it because there's different rules in different African countries. So countries, of course. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm just learning a lot from I like what you just now. said, Lerato. The reason I keep telling um Evangela that we went to school, both of us, mm. and between us in total, we probably have 30 years of of, of post of, of education and post-grad and whatever mm. combined 
right? And whenever you speak to people, even when you get to the bank and you're talking about mortgages, people will tell you about capitalization, leverage, ARV, mm -hmm. ROE, ROI, and people tend to believe and think that we all understand. And possibly a millennial will not hear me, right? But my nieces yeah. will hear and listen to you. And that's mm. the reason why we do this podcast, because we like we get locked in into our own professions. We don't know yes. these things. But you are too afraid to ask, what is ARV now? They've passed. It's gone. They're like, blah, 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 yeah. and capitalization. And if you are overgeared, and then you can leverage this, leverage that. <laughs> and it is so... Yeah. <laughs> I, it just so, I also so, think that it's intentional in the finance industry. Think, because look at how people come... Of course, Mizo, look at how people come on this podcast and unpack things. I feel like we were talking about this, remember, in the Money Magic student group the other time, right. just a few days away ago, about how a lot of us have mothers and elderly relatives that when you look at where they are investing, they can't even pull out of the investments. When they call the investment schemes, they are yeah. basically shamed and made to feel afraid that they yeah. can't pull out of investment schemes. Yeah. So a lot of the things that are also done yeah. are not always done in the best interest of the investor or the consumer, right? Yeah. So a lot of language throws us off. So you've got our aunts and our mothers that just sign things and they didn't understand what they were signing. That actually that, should mean that a contract is null and void because you don't understand. You don't what you're understand. Signing. But what about us, the next generation? What is that about? Because you can't tell me, Vangile, after having spoken to so many financial advisors that I don't understand. I don't understand because what's the purpose of that financial advisor? Because those financial advisors were not, they were there to sell you a product, not there to educate you and sell you the educate, product. Educate, yeah. So True. a lot of times that okay. is what's happening. Is that I'm so they clear. are selling mm. you something and people yeah. think that being sold is being educated. No, being educated is one thing. Being sold is a whole different thing. And I think I what most people globally don't understand is if you sell consumer something and the consumer is knowledgeable you get like a whole different type of consumer because now your consumer your people are going to be buying in an educated manner and you'll be shocked that they'll keep on supporting you but the way Thank that you. a lot of financial services work like think about even how we talk about funeral policies means or how Shanine was talking and explaining that if you have one funeral policy and you have another and you find that you've got people in South Africa with three different funeral policies and then one day they decide to cash out and they find out that the other two are useless because they are all the same company. <laughs> but nobody ever told them, hey, you, are, yeah. you have already got one funeral policy. Don't get the <sighs> other two. These funeral companies police. don't do mm. that. This is heartbreaking mm -hmm. to me, and I'm passionate about you. this topic. Yeah, they are taking money from you. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. no, guys, I, I really like Unpack podcast, uh, Lerato. I went and listened to three podcasts, and I really love the simplicity. And because, because of who you are, 
there's your personality mm. in there and there is a different type of person who wants to listen to Lirato's voice. So, you know, Unpack Podcast is so easy and they, they, they are snippets, they are shorter podcasts. So very yeah. easy and quick to listen to. So that's deliberate as well on your part. Yeah. You wanted to keep because, them short. Yeah, so what the younger people, they like, they don't have a long Oh, short attention span. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always make sure it's less than 20 minutes because... I know they, they're not going to listen. So I try and I, so I structured the podcast in a way where, so in the first 10 seconds, it's like the main, so I have this, um, the person I'm interviewing, we mentioned because, the main topic and then yeah. I do the introduction and then we get to the point basically because Absolutely. they're not going to listen. So like yeah, when I spoke to the finance minister, he was like, so like explain this whole podcast thing to me. Like, how do you guys make money? I'm like, no, it's not even about making money. It's more about like, educating people but educating like people. some people they don't want to watch video they want to listen to audio so yeah. some podcasts have an option of audio and video but like i try and keep it short because i know my target market they're not going to sit there because i listen to awesome. different podcasts like i listen to like two hour yeah. long ones like 40 minutes but most people that who listen to my podcast if it's more than 30 minutes they're probably not going to listen because they i mean, already I have glazed eyes yeah no, you know your market. Yeah. I loved. I, I really loved it. I I, I picked you in, in, and I was just looking at African podcasters um, in property. That's it, and you came up tops. I really, really wow. loved it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, she is. So she much. comes right on top, right on top. So she and us and bigger pockets all in the same. I love it. I love it. I love it. This has been incredible. Ben, have you got more to ask? No, actually. I'm just like, ooh, let's move on to the next segment. This was so awesome. It was really lovely. Okay, next segment. On to the next segment of our show. Magical feedback from our hosts where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Okay, so magical feedback. This is the part of the show where we share our insights from today's show. Oh my gosh, I don't know where to start, so I'm going to let Liesl start. (laughs) Let me start. (laughs) Let me start. Look at what a millennial did, guys. Look at what a millennial did. You know the 401k. The 401k is the equivalent of a pension fund in South Africa. So when you are less than 30 and you can still afford to withdraw all of your pension and risk being taxed from here to Timbuktu, you can do that. Take your pension. And what did she do with her pension? She was able to invest in property in in Bali when she arrived. Mm. That's the cash she had. When you are a millennial and you still have lots of years ahead of you and you are vital and you know you can build some more of your pension. And this is the way to do it. And then she took it, but she invested it in, in property. She didn't take it and go in by cars, right? So she invested in an asset and that's how she was able to pay for the partnership that she took with with a partner in Indonesia. How good is that? I love the fact that a millennial can use their pension a certain way. Someone who is my age, who is 50 and above, can use their their 401k or pension fund differently. Really love that takeaway. 
Yes. Yep. Wow. I that was such Number an incredible one. takeaway. Yeah. So, is. so uh, is what is yeah. my first? Oh my gosh, I have so many takeaways. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my first takeaway is I just love how Lerato is in terms of how she uses her networks, right? Awesome. How she went to Bali and she took on, she stayed, she took on the job. But then she was like, okay, she started asking questions. How do you guys do what you do, right? How do you get to own this land? And then from yes. there, yes. she was able to then make informed decisions. But after that, she was able to go back to the company that she consults for and say, hey, guys, um, I'm out here. Please, can you help me? And not only did she say, uh, and when they said, can I please get a percentage of this? I can help for a percentage. She didn't go, "Mm, forget it. She was like, there's a bigger pie. Let's all partner together, right? So she has like two other partners and she is working with them to make this a reality, which I find so powerful. Absolutely powerful. Because we keep saying on this podcast, property is a a business of partnerships. Mm -hmm. It's a business of network. And now she owns an asset in Bali. She doesn't have to own it on, on, on her own. She has partnered with other people. There are yeah. legal papers in place. There is nothing yeah. to be scared of in property investing because, you know, Ben, the biggest thing with my with my mentees is exactly that. People are scared of investing. They are constantly on watch of mm. who is going to run away with my money. Only wow. if you don't put structures in place mm. are you forever going to have problems like that. Yes. Yes. Now, here's the other takeaway. You remember I I look as the mentor here. They bought a piece of land with no plan. Yes. So for a few months, what did they own? They owned a piece of land that was consuming money from their pockets. They were paying taxes to the government. They were paying levy for the services. They were paying taxes to the local chief of the the piece of land where where the piece of land was. And that's what happens when you buy a piece of land and you do not have a plan of developing quickly. It also happens in our own country. You're still going to pay for water, electricity, municipality levies, whether you have a structure on it or not. And remember, for all the time you are developing, all those taxes and levies and water and electricity still need to be paid. So what's the lesson here? Whenever you have a piece of land, be sure that you know when it is going to be developed and all those holding amounts for the few Mm. months while it is being developed, you need to have some cash reserves for that. That's the difficulty about piece of land. It's not because I don't like people buying piece of land, but it is an advanced strategy of property investing. Mm. So be sure to know what you're doing, with who, and where the money is going to come from. Yes, I love that, Nizo. And then my other takeaway is also um, about when she was buying in New York, right? How she yeah. made the decision that, well, uh, rent in New York is about $3,000. Yeah. 
I'm going to yeah. be paying this much money for someone else's apartment. Why don't I, I go and find a way to make uh, to pay my own um, mm-hmm. to pay uh, to buy my own apartment? So mm-hmm. for me, that's always so powerful. Is that how can I then find a way to make this uh, to own the property so that the money is coming towards me? That whatever I'm paying on that property. I'm still getting an asset instead of renting for a long, long time. Absolutely. So Isn't that it? was such a smart, smart move. Yeah, yeah. I am torn between two takeaways now for my last one. Okay, let's talk about this because, again, in the property mentorship, I make a point of letting people know. Lorato is fortunate in that she can travel. She has had her 401k. She has earned in euros and she's earned in dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So she is able to buy properties. Her property in in South Africa, in Gauteng, was bought for cash. Is that the right way to do things when you want to scale your property portfolio? Probably not. But there is, it's circumstantial for her. She didn't yes. have a credit record in South Africa, mm-hmm. so she had no choice. But that doesn't mean it's a whole loss. She can still refinance and get back that money and yes. get equity out of that house and go and, and, and build somewhere else. But here's yeah. the lesson. Underline in bold italics in red. Use other people's money to build your property portfolio. That's the best you can do. Mm. whenever you have got some cash see if you can divide it into little pockets and rather buy multiple properties than just yes. buy one single one and yes. then you have got all your cash locked in in one property so mm. she had a circumstance we know why the circumstance happened that way it's not a loss but the best thing is to divide it up use mm. other people's money Mm, I genuinely, genuinely like that. My other takeaway, which has got nothing to do with property, but I liked it so much. And I was like, Money Magic students, listen to this. My takeaway and why that was a big thing for me, for people that are not in the Money Magic course, means I know, is that so many of us lose income because we don't have a focus. We go all over the place. And so we don't ever pull our resources to basically max out income in a particular industry that we're dealing in, right? So we go from, when we hear people talk about multiple streams of income, even in property, we think, (laughs) oh my God, I must be here, I must be here, I must be here. And the advice that Lerato was given was focus on one thing and then grow that, right? Which is the one when I started to do that in my business, that's when I started to see traction and growth because I was able to say, what is the one thing that my business will be centered around as I go into other streams? Uh, that's- and then I'll be able to diversify and start podcasts and do all these things, right? Absolutely. And that is um, the best advice. And I think, and I feel like it's also the kind of thing why I brought it up is also. You can, we've spoken about this in our, on the Instagram live about Majosphine, about yeah. the importance that you can also just do this in a property. It doesn't yeah. have to be that you buy one property and then you move on to the next. It's like 
you can get one property and create multiple streams of income from one property. You can get a building, have some apartments that you flip and sell out, some that you buy and uh, that you buy and hold and do long-term rentals on, some that you turn into Airbnbs, right? So within one thing, you can have multiple streams. But what most of us do is we go from one thing to the next to the next without first maxing out. Yeah, and spreading ourselves thin. Yeah, Mm. and so we spread ourselves thin and then it becomes harder for us to be able to up-level and actually create a consistent stream of income. Uh, a consistent streams of income and multiple streams of income. So just to be aware of that, that sometimes in the quest for multiple streams of income, most of us actually burn ourselves out because we are not focusing on growing one stream to the very maximum. To the maximum. We hop on to the next and we start expanding from there. We're all over the place. I love it. I love yeah. I, I love that takeaway. I really, really did. And when she was unpacking it, I was like, oh Lord, yes, of course. <laughs> We're gonna repeat that. Yeah, some people will go and sell cell phones, buy property, yes. and do their career. And then they sell oh. uh, bot- little bottles of medicines and, and sell vitamins, and then they do network marketing. I don't know. Nobody, and you, and you know how that yeah. goes. People think that they don't understand whenever I say that, right? It's like, mm. it's always like, but if I want more, I must do more. I'm like, actually, oh, that's, yeah. the that's the wrong thing. If you want yeah. more, you need to focus on one and focus yeah. on this one thing make it grow because it it only makes sense if I put all my energy into one thing or maybe even to my job in one thing I'm putting and I'm learning and I'm pivoting every so often and I'm scaling it it's inevitable that like it will start to grow over time obviously as I'm doing the inner work with it right and I'm not working against myself it will start to up level. I'll start to up level, and that means that I'll make more money. Which means that now, when Miso comes with an investment idea, hey, do you want to invest in this concept? Yeah. By the way, I've got some money saved from this thing that I'm busy with. Let's put it into this. Let's put it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. This has been an incredible podcast. I loved it. Really, really I loved, loved it, it too. This was yeah. amazing. So, let's move on to the next segment. Please, let's do. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Aha. Okay, so on to the journey to magical expansion. I'm going to hand it over to Misa. Oh, yeah. Right. This is the same five personal questions we ask every guest to help us understand and get Deeper with you, Lerato. What changed your life, Lerato? Do you read at all? It can be a business book. It can be a fairy tale. It can be any any book that you feel like it changed your life. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I, I, there's so many. Okay. So I read That's the Bible one. every day. You read the Bible every day. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have the app as well on my phone. It pops like notifications um, every three hours. 
So okay. I am like a very spiritual person. Most people don't okay. know this, but um, yeah. So that's like one of the books that I read every single day. But another book that yeah. I've read, well, so many. Um, hmm. Um, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. So he's the guy who started PayPal. And I read okay. that book, I don't know how many times, but the first time I read, I bought it at an airport in Istanbul. And okay. I just carry it around with me everywhere. And it's one of my favorite books. So he basically talks about his journey in Silicon Valley and how he started, he went from zero and he started like, he was one of the founders of PayPal and Facebook. PayPal. He invested in Facebook before everybody else. Oh. Yeah, oh, really? So that's a good book. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's interesting. Zero to one. Zero to one. I have. I've never Zero heard to of one. it. No yeah. one has ever mentioned it here. Okay. Yes. Who's okay. the author? Sorry, Peter. Thiel. Peter Thiel. So T H I E L. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Thank okay. You. So, what keeps you inspired, Lerato? my mother so my mom is always this person who's always saying follow your dreams okay do this so if i tell her like i'm doing this she'll always be supportive so my okay. mother just inspires me to chase after whatever i want like the okay. world is your oyster basically and you can get whatever you want to get so my mom is a big inspiration to me so when she says come home i do come home ah uh, yeah, that's so nice okay yeah she's one of my like closest people um, in my life that I speak to every day, no matter where I am in the world. So yeah, my mom, oh, definitely. Hey. Oh, that wow. is so awesome. I love mothers who can do that. And they're like, the door is open, my child, in mm. and out. Oh my God, that is such yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. So what do you wish you had known or done before embarking on this property investment journey, the way it stands? What are the things that you think, dang, I wish someone had told me this before? Right now, <laughs> I wish I did not buy my property in SA Cash because I'd still have a lot of cash flow. But okay. yeah, so apart like my US property, I have no regrets. My Bali property, I think I could have done a few things different. But okay. I've definitely learned to not use my own money since I've been okay. speaking to a lot of people in the past six months and yeah. use other people's money to basically grow your wealth. Absolutely, yeah. mm. absolutely, absolutely. Nice. That's such a key underline italics in bold other people's money, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what do you still think you need to learn in property, Lirato? So one thing that I would like to learn is having um, so like student accommodation or like yeah. buying a block of flats. So I would like to learn mm. more about managing like renters because I've never done that. So all, well, I'm, like see. the New York one, it's like easy, but I would like to mm. manage multiple renters at the same time yeah. and just see how I would navigate that because that's so in my like long-term goals, I would like, I would love to own a few apartments and know how to manage that part of the how business. How to manage that. Yeah. Awesome. So that's something awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Right. Um, is it my turn? <laughs> what, yes, property, what, <laughs> what property resource would you like our listeners to go to when we finish this podcast? What podcast or Ooh. YouTube 
girl would you want them to do? Okay, so I'm going to plug myself. Of so um, I'd say go on my website. It's called unpack.co.za. Yeah. Um, we publish mm-hmm. new blogs every two days and then one podcast a week. So the blogs, they are, so I used to work in search engine optimization and okay. I basically specialize mm-hmm. in researching what people are searching for on the internet. So I think that's how you find me on Spotify because I find keywords that people are searching for and then basically put yeah. information about I see, yeah. So, um, okay. my blogs, I find out what people are searching for regarding property in Africa and property investing in general. And then I try and reach out to as many people as possible and write different blogs about different topics. So, I have blogs about investing, blogs about um, saving, and then blogs about buying in other countries. So, you can go on my website, unpack.co.za. I just published a blog this morning about property management services. So one of the most common questions is what do property managers do? So I have like yeah. an in-depth blog about that on my website. So yeah, that's a great resource that I'd recommend. Awesome. And nice. well done. So thank you so much for thank that you. for that plug. Um lots of people and millennials, anyone who's a millennial who's listening here, please go there. But everyone else, for the simplicity and the and the brevity of the podcast, unpack.co.za. Yes. I am so full. Lerato, you've been so generous with this. And, and thank you so much for saying yes without having met. We, we did an exact 30-second meet on Facebook and Messenger, and that was it. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thank giving you so of your much for having me. For your time, right? Yeah. Thank you so Thank much, Lerato. It's been yeah. so awesome having you. How do people reach you? I'm sure there's so many people that would love to know yeah. more about how do you travel? Like, that's like one of the biggest questions I get asked is like, exactly. how do I start traveling and doing things? So how do people reach you? So the best way to reach me is on my website, laratob.com. So you can go on my website. I have a form where you can fill in whatever question you have. And I also have my okay. email, info at laratob. Or you can find me on social media. So it's laratolb on everything. That's how you can reach me, like the quickest way to reach me. And then I have different websites about different topics because my websites are like my other source of income. So I like have different monetization um, mm, strategies, mm, but I have a website mm. about expat living. So how to move to different countries, how to find work, yeah. how to adjust and how to find apartments and mm. visa information on my expat website. So that's called lifefromabag.com. So it's basically my journey. Oh, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. Yeah. Life from a bag. <laughs> so they, yeah, life from a bag.com. So I go usually go on vacation at like one suitcase and I end up staying. So hence I chose that. I've had the website since 2012 and it has mm-hmm. a lot of information about like moving to Turkey, moving to the US, moving to Ireland and life in Bali. I have like a breakdown. It's actually one of the most popular articles. It's a cost of living in Bali where okay. I documented yes. all my costs three months. And then, yeah, so I was just showing people how I can live in Bali for like 4,000 rand a month, including my rent, and still eat out every day. Yeah. So you can find all of that on my website. How is that even possible? I tell you, 
really like anyway we're gonna go and search <laughs> and then i found you on amazon Durato, while i was looking what what is what is it that you do on the amazon um i don't know whether it's a, it's a podcast what is that so no amazon i used to work there and then i left but my podcast is on amazon so yeah. um my podcast you can find it on like I think all the streams, so I put it everywhere on iHeartRadio, Amazon, um, Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So I basically put it everywhere, but Amazon is like my previous employer. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but I see. so you can find yeah me on my website, laratobi.com or Life from a Bag or unpack.co.za. So those are my okay. three platforms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Awesome. I see. Thank oh, you so, so much, Lerato. Yeah. Thank you so guys much. so much. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much, Property Magicians. Thank you, Mizo. We thank will you, see you guys all next week, Property Magicians, with another incredible guest. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangelia Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.